Welcome to the Connector Podcast, an ongoing conversation connecting fintechs, banks, and regulators worldwide. Join CEO and founder Cohen van der Hoydonk as you learn more about the latest available trends and solutions in the markets. Welcome to another Connector episode, and today I've got with me Roel, Roel van Next Odd. What is it? What is your company all about? Hello, Kuhn. So Next Out is about user authentication. Mm-hmm. And we started this company uh, while we were still at the university and we were looking into what banks were doing at that time. Oh, interesting. That's really a topic for, um, for the podcast today. Yes. So we thought we could do better and that is why we started the company. And, and in what's, which perspective could you do better for a bank? So we think we can do better in terms of security, but also in terms of user friendliness, uh, making sure that there is no friction for a user. So it's very easy for a user to log in, but you also have like the highest mm-hmm. level of security you can possibly get with a mobile device. So we're literally in the domain of logging in. So authentication while logging in. Logging in, e-signatures, all that. Kind the of whole stuff. shebang. Yeah. And interesting. Hey, and you said you were a spin-off from a university. That's not the typical route for a fintech startup. So what did that mean for you guys? Um, so that means coming from yeah, academia instead of industry, that we are actually 10 years ahead of what is happening in industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually many cool technologies that we can incorporate directly into our product, but also... It gives us still a lifeline to what is actually happening in research. And if we see cool things, we pick it up and we integrate it. That's a, it also is a very bold statement. And, and many of us probably know what it means to be to, or to have the benefit of being the first mover. Does that also apply to you? I wouldn't say we're the first mover per se, but we're one of the first movers. So I think there is about five to ten companies in the world that... Uh, work on our level Mm -hmm. Um, it's very interesting it also sometimes is a bit of a disadvantage because Mm -hmm. um, to really tell the difference between you and other companies you have to go very deep very technical Um, and yeah sometimes that works sometimes that's a bit challenging (laughs) and uh, you say there's about five other companies worldwide are you like in contact with them are you like in competition with them how does that work um, yeah, so there is some other companies that work on similar things, um, but they are not located in Europe. So that's mm-hmm. an advantage for us. Um, and I would say the market is big enough for everyone. So Fair. I don't really see an issue there. That, that makes sense. So you guys are into the mobile passwordless multi-factor authentication. That's a mouthful. And that can enhance the user experience. But how does that enhance compared to the more traditional authentication methods? So for starters, you don't have to put in a username and a password anymore. So Wow, that's already a start. So what does that mean? So no username, no password? Nope. Simply scanning a QR code or receiving a push message mm-hmm. on your phone. You open the phone, you approve the transaction or the login using your PIN or your biometric, and that's it. Wow. So no more SMS passwords. It Uh, almost sounds there is no multi-factor authentication, but probably I am wrong. Yeah, that's the secret sauce. So we also do a lot of public key cryptography Mm -hmm. inside the app. 
Um, we also make use of like all the, the system features available. Um, and we actually make sure that everything is mingled well together such that you cannot break one mechanism uh, and replace it with another. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just a very simple guy when it comes to multi, uh, multi-factor authentication. So my understanding is always there is more than one factor to authenticate yourself. Does the public key cryptography mean that this is an additional step or or does it replace another step? So basically, uh, all the public key cryptography is running on your phone mm-hmm. inside the app. So actually, the, the first factor is the, the something you have, the phone. Uh, your phone with your app installed on it, that's the first factor. The second factor is then a PIN or a biometric, mm-hmm. um, where we also verify the, the second factor in a very specific way, uh, together with the help of the server such that you cannot brute force the pin locally, but also not on the server. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I heard you talk before this uh, call, when you say not on the server, I think that's one of the weakest points maybe if all the others are currently in the market, right? I wouldn't say it's a weak point per se, because like lots of financial institutions use very expensive secure hardware modules on mm-hmm. their servers to actually take care of verifying a PIN code securely. Um, With our solution, you wouldn't need those. So Mm. that's actually the big advantage is that the server cannot actually learn the PIN in any way. So do I hear between the lines that uh, your application is is more secured, it has a better user experience, and at the end is also cheaper for an organization? It would definitely do a cost-benefit, but yeah, it's hard to say how much exactly. Mm -hmm. No, I understand. Uh, What are the potential challenges organizations may face when transitioning from traditional authentication into the authentication that you provide? So traditional authentication is typically username password. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest challenges that companies have when going from a password way of authentication to a passwordless way of authentication is that there is not one system. Typically, there is like a hundred systems running and every little system has its own way of dealing with username and password. And before actually going to a passwordless Mm -hmm. system, it's usually recommended to put some kind of single sign-on in between so that um, all, all your applications actually talk to one a place where you do the authentication instead of replicating it everywhere as is happening a lot with with legacy systems. Mm -hmm. Would you, to come back to the first mover advantage, would that then be something that uh, this is a negative element of the the first mover advantage? Because ideally this already should be in place with everyone, which would make your life more easy because you sit in front of the single (laughs) sign-on and off you go. Yes, indeed. Mm. <laughs> Can you provide some examples of, of industries or sectors that would particularly benefit from uh, the way you work? Um, so there is no specific industry or sector that would benefit from it. That's a too easy answer rule. <laughs> it's too easy, but continue. <laughs> um, so basically everywhere where you have like a lot of users, um, mm-hmm. 10,000, 100,000, a million users, um, that need strong authentication. Um, so typically, if you're having access to more sensitive data, 
mm-hmm. or if you can approve financial transactions, that kind of stuff. And you actually want to make sure that you also have like very strong non-repudiation so that you actually have proof that a user authorized something afterwards. Um, that's something we can provide. Mm-hmm. And if we talk about a million users, then you very easily come to banks or financial institutions. Is there a specific use case for them? You can provide like the highest level of security, mm-hmm. um, give strong non-repudiation guarantees so that if a customer afterwards says, for instance, I didn't approve that transaction, you can actually show that they approved their transaction using their phone, using their PIN or their biometric. And you can even include other things in the proof like uh, location data or even like an, an screenshot mm-hmm. of what, what was actually being displayed to the user at the point in time where he approved the transaction. So this sounds like something a compliance person would really like because it's traceability. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, a couple of months ago already, um, well, both of us, we participated to a trip to Singapore to figure out how the market is going in Singapore. What, what have you found? Um, was it the same as in Europe in terms of the banking industry and, and on authentication? The big difference between Europe and Asia is that a lot of SMS authentication is still being used in Asia. Nowadays, they also start realizing in Asia that this is not the best way security-wise. Well, the, the SMS fraud, as they call yes. it. Yep. Actually, in, in, from a user perspective, this is also not the nicest thing because you're logging into your bank account. But at some point, you need to go out of that, like check your SMS, mm-hmm. enter that back in your application. So if you can nicely integrate like the entire authentication into your mobile app, your users also gain in user experience. It's all about the user experience in this case. When we were on the trip, I know that you were out and saw a couple of prospects. So how, how was the trip for you? It was very interesting um, also to, to see how yeah, business models are completely different in, in Asia. So that gave us a lot of, to think about. And <laughs> yeah, we'll see what we will do there. No, and uh, that's, that's what uh, the research people are for, right? Yes. <laughs> Rul, I, I thank you very much for participating to this podcast. It was a real joy to have you. But before we close off, if people want to get in contact with you, How do they reach you? I guess it's best to check our website, which Mm -hmm. is www.nextout.com. That makes a lot of sense. So thank you again for participating. Thank you also to the audience and stay tuned for more fintech news. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Connector podcast. To connect and keep up to date with all the latest, head over to www.jointheconnector.com or hit subscribe via your podcast streaming platform.